All right. Welcome in to a Tuesday edition of the Sports Huddle on SEMO ESPN Radio, 1220 AM, 93.5 FM. And you can always find us online, SEMOESPN.com. Eric Sean and the Missouri Sports Hall of Famer Jess Bolin inviting you to join us right here in the huddle. Here's our huddle hotline number powered by EBOMD 573 573- 334-1220-573-334-1220. The Huddle Hotline brought to you by EBOMD. Marty Michau going to join us a little bit later on in the show. Get a uh, Tuesday Marty party rolling. The Love Shack will stop by. And Jess Bolin in the house. Decked out in red. Is that uh, is that Kansas City Chief <clears throat> Championship red? Uh, yeah, kind of. You know, it's just a regular old pullover sweatshirt until you put the emblem on it. Now it's designer. So yeah, that I, can't, little, I can't tell what the emblem before is. Before I go, I want to apologize for my voice. It's the best I can do. I've been fighting his allergies for a week. But um, I don't feel bad. It's just no voice. Well, glad you feel okay. Uh, we'll battle through the voice. We all have to deal with that from time to time. Well, you... I think I got it from you, if it's a cold. Think so? Yeah. You remember yeah. when you was harking a week or so ago? Yeah. Well, if it came from me, I apologize. Well, I can't prove that. Okay? But anyway... So we That's had a vac- one of the best Super Bowls I've ever seen. Yeah, we had a vacay day yesterday, so we didn't get a chance to recap the Super Bowl. ESPN <clears throat> Radio has done a nice job of that. Obviously, um, the finish in the Super Bowl, you, you go back two minutes, 40 seconds of the third quarter. Uh, the muff punt totally changed things. But for almost three quarters, it was kind of a snooze fest. And the end of the game was phenomenal. You talk about the final three minutes of the third quarter and all of the fourth quarter. That was absolutely fantastic theater. And once again, Patrick Mahomes with the money on the table, Jess, with the money on the table, this man somehow always seemingly delivers, doesn't he? Yes, he does. And... um... It really wasn't a well-played game. You know, a lot of fumbles. Um, it just wasn't. It was a sloppy game. But, you know, people don't remember how it finishes. And Mahomes showed, showed again why he's the best. No, no argument. An interesting final score, 25-22 was the final score. And a lot is being made of overtime and Kyle Shanahan electing to take the football. And did he know the new rule when it comes to playoff football in the National Football League where each team gets to possess the ball? It's different now. It has changed. And I've been listening over the last... 36 hours or so, what I believe are a bunch of phonies 
on national sports talk radio acting like they knew the rule. I don't believe a lot of these people knew the rule until it came down to it. I've heard a couple of national sports talk hosts say, I didn't really know that it had changed. But here's the deal. If you are Kyle Shanahan, you're the coach in the National Football League, several 49ers in post-game interviews said they didn't know the rule. They didn't know it changed. Anybody who has any association with college football, okay, knows how college football overtime works. Both teams are going to get a possession, period. No matter what happens, that's the way that it is in the National Football League now. Although the difference is you don't put the ball at the 25-yard line and go from there like you do in college, but each team gets to possess the ball, which is why you will never see a college coach win the coin toss and do anything but play defense. That's what you do. I've been around college football a long time, and the rule has been around for several years. Jess, you never, ever see anyone win the toss as you go into overtime and take the ball. You don't do it. That's not Mm. the way it's done. You play defense. So it was shocking to me that Shanahan took the football and then the guy who was the analyst of the game on CBS, the most watched television program in history, and we'll get to that in a moment, Tony Romo did not know the freaking rule. He thought if the 49ers scored a touchdown on that opening possession, the game was over and they win. That's the old rule. I am stunned it appeared that Shanahan didn't know the rule. And secondly, I know for a fact Tony Romo didn't know the rule. And I believe there are national sports talk show hosts who just want to pile on Shanahan, but they probably didn't know the freaking rule. Well, I didn't either. That's what I mean. There are a lot of people that did not know that that's the way it goes. But there is no doubt you will never see a college coach going into overtime winning the toss, taking the ball. You play defense. So well, you know exactly no, what you have to do. No way I take the ball with Mahomes because I want to see what I got to do. Exactly. With Mahomes in there. That's and why you, know, you play defense. The rule didn't really come into effect. It didn't make any difference anyway because they only got a field goal. Right. Uh, the old rule, Kansas City would get the ball. I've been arguing the point, Eric, for at least five, five years. It should be the way it is now. Yes. Because just because a guy, uh, team scores a touchdown doesn't mean you can't, you know, you know you got to get a touchdown. But if you don't, a field goal is not going to do you any good, so you lose. But that's the way the rules should have always been. One of the reasons you play defense, one of many, is you've got fourth down in your back pocket at all times. Because you know, now, if you've got the ball first, do you go for it on fourth down if you're in field goal range, or do you kick the field goal? Then you force the opposing team to get a touchdown, which is what happened in this game. Well, if you go first, you got to score. You got to score, whether it's field goal, touchdown, because you don't know. In other words, if the other team knows they only have to get a field goal to beat you, 
how do you stop in Mahomes? Can you think when a Kansas City trail by three, Mahomes almost two minutes, didn't you think they'd get a field goal at least? Yes. I didn't have any doubts. And um, I don't know why, you know, people should know the rules. If you're a coach or you're analyst on TV, you should know the rules. Well, do you think, how many memos do you think the league sent out to every NFL team about the rule change? They just don't read it. Because, you know, good and well, it was presented to them. Now, it's an easy thing to pile on, but, and I asked this to Brad Korn yesterday on the coaches show. We were talking about different rules, and sometimes players, players don't know some of the intricate rules. And I said, when there are rule changes, how much focus do you as a coach take into passing that along to your players so that they know the rules. And he said, we're very focused on that. We talk about it. But for 49er players after the game to say, I didn't know they changed the rule. I didn't know both teams get to possess the ball in overtime because the overtime thing has changed a couple of times. And it all stems back to that AFC title game between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. And everybody was squealing how come just winning the coin toss basically wins you the game? So they changed it. Well, I don't think Kyle Shanahan knew. And when he talked in his post game about talking about the third possession, because each team's going to possess the ball, I, I, I just, I, I, I was floored. <clears throat> you would never see Nick Saban going into overtime, winning the coin toss. We want the ball. No. You play defense. Anyway. Well, let's be sure people understand. When you talk about Buffalo-Kansas City game, Kansas City won the toss and scored, didn't they? A touchdown? Yes. Game over. Buffalo never even had a chance. That's what we're talking about. This rule change is for the better. Both teams get an opportunity, and it's it's fair. Totally agree. It's in the spirit of... Of the college football overtime, the difference is you don't put the ball at the 25-yard line, and there is no clock to worry about. I mean, you've got the the play clock, but there is no game clock to worry about when you get into overtime in college football, and now with the new rule change. Now, everybody knows the rule now, but it was amazing to me that it really wasn't explained on the television broadcast, and Romo did not know <laughs> the rule. Either way, uh, the the only thing that I say was shocking to me was that Shanahan took the football. Now, if he didn't take the football, um, then if the Chiefs go down and score a touchdown, first of all, they kicked the extra point. They didn't have to in this game, and then Shanahan knows he's got to get a touchdown. The Chiefs knew all they had to do was get into field goal range to tie it, but a touchdown wins it. Anyway, so there's been a lot made of that, but the bottom line is just watching that fourth quarter in this game was absolutely fantastic, and 
I am not going to just sit here and just throw all the accolades at Patrick Mahomes because there's nothing I can say that is any different than what everybody else is saying. He is simply one of the greatest football players to ever put on a helmet. I mean, that's that's not too strong a statement, is it? Yeah, it is. Um, it's got to the point where you hand the ball, ball over to Mahomes with two minutes to go, you're going to get beat. Just as simple as that. You're going to get beat. You have to play Kansas City and know that you got to run out the clock. The game was lost to me when San Francisco had a third and five. Third and four, yeah. And couldn't get it. If right. they got that first down, they win. Yes, they do. And they couldn't do it. That was the game. Because you knew Mahomes was going to get the ball back, and that that's going to beat you. <clears throat> and you could also look, and at the time, you think about these things. Because how many times have you seen a team miss an extra point and it comes back to haunt them? Moody missed the PAT, and so getting the Chiefs in the field goal range to tie the game to go into overtime, had they been up by four, San Francisco, who knows if Mahomes was going to be able to get him in the end zone, but he didn't have to. That missed extra point turned out to be absolutely large. It always does. Seemed like it. And uh, we we can also uh, roll back the tape. My uh, prediction was 27-24 Chiefs. Pretty close, right? 25-22? Yeah. You wouldn't win anything, but he's on a board. But um, I don't remember what mine was. Yours was 21-17. Okay. And it could have been a four-point win for the Niners had they not missed the extra point, and then they held Kansas City. I mean, there's so many variables that could have gone into the way that that game ended. But one of the unbelievable statistics, and, you know, I'm kind of a stat geek. But, Jess, think about this. Patrick Mahomes now is 9-2 and in the playoffs as a starting quarterback when trailing by seven or more points. He's 9-2. and two. Think about that. They're always behind in the postseason. Now, not against Miami, but, I mean, that is unbelievable. And here's what the Chiefs did, Jess. In their four victories to win the Super Bowl, all four teams that they beat had a plus 100 or better point differential for the season. Miami, more than 100 point differential, plus minus. Buffalo, more than 100 point differential. Baltimore, more than a 100 point differential. And San Francisco. So I think you can make a solvent argument. The Chiefs beat, arguably, the four best teams in the National Football League on their way to winning it. They had to go through the gauntlet. Yeah, and uh, two of them on the road, and one of them on, on one of them on neutral. So 
I think they got rid of that little deal too. They came went on the road. And the and you're right to bring it up. Patrick Mahomes has never won a playoff game on the road. Going into the postseason, it's okay to say that. You don't think Patrick Mahomes heard that? <laughs> really? Okay, I know I haven't played a playoff game on the road. You don't think I can win a playoff game on the road? What are you smoking if you believe that? And if you were a better, I don't know, it the, the point differential fluctuated from one to one and a half, two, two and a half, wherever people had the point differential going in, you are giving Patrick Mahomes two points. I mean, if you're better, and I'm not a better, but you're giving him two points in a playoff game in the Super Bowl. Uh, if you're better, don't you have to jump all over that? You know what I thought about when they won? is I hope people realize when they're watching something that's historic. And what I mean by that is we had the luxury of watching Michael Jordan perform, Wayne Gretzky. LeBron James, all in this modern era, Kobe Bryant, uh, you name it, Otani, uh, in my lifetime, Stan Musial, Ted Williams, Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle, Henry Aaron, Clemente. Just go down the line. Right now, you're watching the best athlete maybe to ever play the sport. And I say that meaning it. Three Super Bowl champions already, and he's 28 years old. So I hope people enjoy the moment. And not only three Super Bowl championships, <clears throat> he's been the MVP of the Super Bowl three times. Yeah, now. and enjoy the moment, whether you like him or don't like him, that you're watching possibly the best ever play. I mean, I had the luxury of all those people I mentioned, plus Wayne Gretzky, no doubt the best. Michael Jordan, no no argument, the best. I mean, there's an argument right now whether Mahomes is the best because of Brady. And so I still His like, resume is not better than Brady's. No. No. And it may never be for his Super Bowl wins. What do you have seven? Yes. It's hard hell to get up but right now i wouldn't i'd hate to bet against him you know it just depends on what kind of team kansas city puts around him but i was thinking about that after they won that you know and i thought i just hope people realize what they're seeing and make make no mistake <laughs> this year's iteration of the Chiefs. These playoff games that they won, now, maybe not so much the Miami game, but Buffalo, Baltimore, San Francisco. <clears throat> yes, Mahomes made enough plays to win these games, but the Chiefs primarily won these games with the best defense Andy Reid has ever had in Kansas City. And I have been a critic of Steve Spagnolo, and he was a horrible head coach. But good Lord, man, with the Giants, 
Super Bowls, now with the Chiefs. Well, they took down Brady. Give this guy some freaking credit, man. Yeah. Now, I don't know. You, you, I would have to pull up the Hall of Fame. Are there any coordinators in there? Are there coaches who are not head coaches? Are, are, are there any coordinators, assistant coaches in the Hall of Fame? Man, if, if there aren't, or if you're building a resume, doesn't Steve Spagnolo have a pretty darn good resume as a defensive coordinator at this point? I don't know how you could do better. I mean, you know, with Brady's one, so many people want to know who beat him more than how many he's won. Eli Manning beat him twice, who was the defensive coordinator. Spag, no. There you go, Spags. Four pillars, baby. <laughs> Four pillars. So the Super Bowl on CBS, Jess, averaged 123.4 million viewers, and that's across television and the streaming platforms because not only was it on CBS, they did a Nickelodeon broadcast. They had one on Univision and Paramount+. Plus. I watched it on Paramount+. Plus. You know, I, I could have watched it on Fubo. But I, I watched it on Paramount Plus. So You don't you, get CBS? No, I do. But I I just watched it on Paramount Plus. Same broadcast. So Nielsen, who does the ratings, said that a record two hundred and two point four million watched at least part of the game across all those networks we just mentioned. Two hundred and two million. Now, it averaged 123, but at the peak, 202 million. That is a 10% jump over last year, which set the record. And last year's peak number was 183 million. Peak this year, 202 million. Average 123. The most watched program in the history of television. Not sports, television. The NFL is king. I mean, is there any other way around no, that? No, there is not. No. And <clears throat> for all of the people, the wailing and the gnashing of teeth, oh, my gosh, they keep showing Taylor Swift in the box. Did that, did that make you angry? Were you mad that they showed in the box? Because it seemed like they showed a lot of camera clips of the suite where Taylor Swift was. But in actuality, they showed Taylor Swift for a total of 54 seconds in that football game. Yeah, there's almost four-hour game. 54 seconds. Yet there are still people... Complaining today. Oh, my gosh. It's a storyline, man. It's a moneymaker. Yes. Did you see where they, how much they said she brought into the NFL? No. By her presence, all these games? $331 million. Wow. I don't know how they figure that up. But, I don't either. But I don't wow. have a clue. Yeah. But that's what they put out there. NFL did. <clears throat> I don't know how she, how you, She's responsible for all that, except to say how many more of her viewers or 
her followers tune in the NFL. You remember the Chiefs struggled a lot this season, in the regular season. At one point, I believe they lost five of eight games, right? I mean, they, they were scuffling in an offense. I mean, they they just couldn't score a second half, yeah, remember? Yeah, and, and it was field goals and not touchdowns. So they did not give you an indication during the regular season with any consistency that they were a Super Bowl championship caliber team. And the low point was Christmas Day where they got boat raced by the freaking Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> I mean, that was the low point. But, man, when they had to do it, they did it. And do you remember the people that were saying, <clears throat> is Taylor Swift killing the Chiefs because they were not good? Oh, yeah. Uh, it feels like Taylor Swift is too much of a distraction. Kelsey's had a down year. It's a distraction. Well, <laughs> let's not forget. Did people, he wind up let's behind? Not, let's not forget people were <clears throat> saying that. Let's just not act like they weren't saying that because they were. Did Kelsey wind up with more than 100? Nine in, catches for 93 yards. Just no, from, I'm talking about his year. Did he wind up with 100 catches? Uh, no, he did not. He had 93 catches for 984 yards. So he just fell shy of 100, just fell shy of 1,000. That's 1, the first time he's missed 1,000. Since 2015. Yeah. So it's Taylor Swift's vault. <clears throat> he had seven straight 1,000-yard receiving seasons, and he fell 16 yards short this year. It's definitely all about Taylor Swift. You know, I always think like this. Why not celebrate Taylor Swift? She's an American. And if there's anything more American than a blonde-headed woman, and she's the most popular person in the world, an American. So why be against her? And as far as I know, I don't know if anything she's done wrong. Do you? Any knock against her? She had a beer, I think, in the her suite. Somebody was knocking her about that. <laughs> she's 34 years old. I think she's got a right to have a beer. But that's how vindictive the world is right now. A clean-cut, wholesome American. Most popular person in the world. But we got to take her down. By the way, pitchers and catchers report to spring training tomorrow for the St. Louis Cardinals SEMO baseball. We're leaving... Thursday morning at 7 a.m. For to, Dallas. To drive to Dallas, Texas. SEMO opens up. So we got baseball coming up. Um, we'll continue to talk about this. We've got SEMO basketball. Uh, the softball team went 3-2 and two down in Miami in their little tournament. You want to see what, uh, what Marty has to say about it? Yes. All right. Marty Michau, a Tuesday Marty party coming up. We'll talk to the Love Shack it's the Sports Tunnel, SEMO, ESPN.
It's the Sports Huddle on SEMO ESPN, 1220 AM, 93.5 FM. And you can always find us online, SEMOESPN.com. It is a Tuesday Marty party. The Love Shack joins us on the EBOMD Huddle Hotline. Marty Michelle, Marty, how was uh, your Super Bowl weekend? Oh, man. Couldn't have better. What a day that was, Super Bowl watching, man. And, uh... You're rooting for the Chiefs like we all were, man. That was a tense. Because, you know, and that's probably where Jess got hoarse rooting. At, he was yelling at the TV so much. Uh, <laughs> you know, the thing is, probably for at least 60, 65% of that game, it didn't look that good for the Chiefs. But I was telling the – I watched it in a real small gathering with just a couple people. I got – I think I've heard Eric talk this. So I used to love going to Super Bowl parties. You know when you're young – you just get hammered. You don't care if you miss half the game. As you get older, you want to concentrate on what they're saying, and we, you want to see every play. So I don't even like Super Bowl parties anymore. I know Eric doesn't either. But for about 60 70% of the game, it didn't look that great for the Chiefs, but I was telling the people that were watching with cold people, as long as they don't get, like, too far behind, I still feel good about the Chiefs. And the Chiefs' defense kept holding them in, holding them in, and then – uh to me, people, like, I mean, and the, the national people talked a lot about it, but Mahomes deserved to be the MVP, but the MVP 1B was had to be Chris Jones. He must have saved two touchdown passes by pressuring Purdy where they showed the replay. A guy would have been wide open for a touchdown. Right. He's one of their five or six free agents they showed on the screen this morning. I'd say I know it's going to cost a lot of money, but I would try to sign that guy if you possibly could. Boy, he's such a disruptive, a disruptive force. <clears throat> and the uh, the whole overtime rule, Marty. Here's the thing: you, me, Jess. I mean, we're we're probably invested a lot more in college football than a lot of people who just follow the NFL. And and there are plenty of people that follow the NFL and they follow college football closely. But here's the deal. With the overtime rule in college, when you win the coin toss, you never, ever, ever see a coach elect to take the football, ever. That's not the way you do it, which is what stunned me with Shanahan, if he knew the rule, great. If he didn't know the rule, okay. The bottom line is you play defense in college with the overtime, and it's similar. It's not the same rule, but it has the same principle where each team gets to possess the ball. That is why you do not take the football in overtime in college, and now in a playoff game in the NFL, you don't do it either. I agree. And just to let people know, the main reason they, they went to this overtime rule for the playoffs is after that epic Chiefs-Bills playoff game from a couple of years ago where the Chiefs, you know, had the miraculous to force overtime. Then they scored, and the Bills never got the ball. That was why they changed that rule. So I can't believe most people didn't know that rule. I know Shanahan knew the rule because the explanation he gave for wanting the ball there was a logic to it, but but it, not enough logic to overcome why you would not play defense. Difference in the college rule is that, okay, say both teams score the first time. Then the next time if a team scores, it's not over. You get to match it all the way through. In the NFL, what he said made sense that 
say both teams did the same thing on the first possession, then they would have the third possession where they could end the game. That doesn't happen in college, but it still didn't make you in the now, I don't know if the announcers explained it on the uh, TV broadcast, but later on, the, the, the easiest way to say, not only do you know what you have to do, but you're basically, even if you score first, you're giving Mahomes four downs on every possession. Where if the game is, where if you're going first, you're rarely going forward on fourth down. Maybe, if, you know, fourth and an inch in midfield you might. But basically, you're saying, Mahomes, you have four downs now to either tie the game or win the game. That's the main reason you don't do it. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I, don't, I can't imagine. I, I, when I was watching that and, and, they, and the Chiefs lost the toss, I said, damn, you know, now the Chiefs going to have to have the ball first. And when they took the ball, I couldn't believe it either, like probably everybody watching. Well, you know, or everybody watching who knew the rule. Be sure everybody knows, if you – take the ball and you score a field goal and then Kansas City scores a field goal and then it's sudden death yes. either team from then on right that's that's you know not going to understand his his thinking on that but still I play defense I don't want my homes having a last say <laughs> if, if it's and, me and like you say Jess you, you do that, that's why they do it in college. You want to know exactly what you need. It's the same principle now, even though the overtime rules aren't exactly the same. Same principle, man. If I have the ball, I want to know what I have to do. You know, if the game is still tied, say they didn't score and we can't score, you know, then you can boot them deep at the three-yard line and start it all over again, you know, even though the next four wins. You want to know what you have to do, like – uh, like I say, he gave an explanation why, and the explanation was accurate. If it went to the third round, they would have the sudden death where they could end it with a score. But you're banking on getting a third round with Mahomes, which isn't a good good odds to me. You know, Andy Reid is famous for preparation and having his team ready and to hear 49er players after the game saying, I didn't know that they changed the overtime rule. I didn't know both teams get to possess the ball. I thought it was the old way where if you score a touchdown, uh, the game's over at that point. But that's not the new rule. And Chris Jones asked about it afterwards. He's like, yeah. I mean, he knew the rule. He said, yes, both teams get the ball. And he's like, I was shocked that they took the football. I mean, you know, shocked. And then there was an indication afterwards, had it been tied uh, with a, or a chance to either tie it with an extra point, say both teams score the touchdown, or go for two, the Chiefs, I, I, I don't know which one, if it was Jones or Mahomes, or someone said for the Chiefs, they had talked about it before the game, and the Chiefs were going to go for two. Mahomes they, even said it again yesterday. They interviewed him from ESPN, interviewed yeah. him from Disneyland, there where NBC always goes. And you know, Mahomes is such an outgoing guy. You know, he, he kind of laughed and said, well, I don't know if I should should have said this, but, yeah, we were definitely going to go for two. So, yeah, I couldn't believe when the 49ers players said they didn't know the rule. And, you know, if you're really – it's a handful of teams going into the season that thought, you know, this is – you know, we're, we're going to – not that people, everybody, in theory, doesn't gun for the Super Bowl. There's only usually about six or seven teams that have a realistic chance to win the Super Bowl. I can't believe they didn't even talk. 
according to the Chiefs players, they talked about this during the season. They they knew where they wanted to get, and they had a legitimate chance to get. Although, what, I will say this, roll back the tape on all three of us. Whoa. About late in the regular season, I don't know how late, but when they had that slump, all three of us, I remember saying, uh, I, I don't give the Chiefs a whole lot of a chance this year winning the Super Bowl again. But then we all did say, you can never count Mahomes out. But but Eric's right. As great as Mahomes was in the in the in the plays that had to matter, the defense basically was the story of this Chiefs season. Don't you agree? Jess, it's all about the defense and Mahomes going to make a play when the Chiefs have to get a a play made. But, you know, during the Mahomes era, this is the the lowest scoring average the Chiefs have ever had. And one big reason why they did win as many games as they did, that defense, man. I had three people over watching the game with me. And so I, I got verification on this. When they scored a field goal in overtime, I said, you just got beat. Because that's how much respect I got for Mahomes. I felt like you just got beat by kicking the field goal. I felt that way too, Jess. And you know, but boy, it was tense. And uh, what a play call. Uh, you know, when it, when it was fourth and, you know, just, you know, a few inches, you know, where basically, not basically, if you don't get to sort down, the game's over. You know, so many coaches are stubborn and would hand the ball off. You know what I mean, Eric? You yep. see that all the time. I knew they weren't going to hand it off, and obviously they didn't have a running back. I thought they would run Mahomes, you know, and he actually had a little option, but you could tell he, he had an option to throw, but you can tell he was eyeing the run all the way. And, and anyway, and then that other run he had on a third and six were – at first, it looked like it was a call quarterback draw, but then you could tell it really wasn't. He just made such quick decisions, you know, that as soon as he went back and didn't really see what he liked, he just took off, and that huge run really set it up. And then at that point, you thought, well, this would be a stunner if they don't score a touchdown now. But, man, and, uh, you know, the three Super Bowls, and all, all the people who followed on ESPN and stuff, they, they're pretty confident that this will be the Chiefs' worst roster in the next several years, and they still won the Super Bowl. They're, they're worse overall as far as deficiency of wide receiver, although those guys really came out the end. Now that Mahomes already got three, and I would, I would bet even money right now over the next 10 years or, or through the end of his career that he'll win a minimum of three more. I, I, I truly believe the Chiefs will win minimum of three more over the next 10 years. I know that's a lot to ask, but I think they'll do it. What do you guys think? As long as they got Mahomes. And Reed, too. I mean, I don't know why Reed went on to retire. I mean, it's like, why would you not ride Mahomes out? You, they're already talking about Reed being one of the top two or three coaches ever. Why would you not ride this Mahomes era out? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I lost a little respect for Kelsey. He do it. He seems... I know he's a bigger guy, but he seems like he's in good health, and he seems like he has a great time. His players love him, and he's not one of these overbearing kind of coaches. I, I don't know why he wouldn't want to ride Mahomes off the rest of the way. I, I lost respect a little bit for Kelsey when he came off the field and bumped Reed. He did that on purpose and wanted to make his point. That was a bad look. It, it, um, you don't do that. And you never do that. I know 
uh, as an older guy coaching, if somebody would have done that to me, well, knowing me, I probably would have threw a punch. But I just I don't like to see that at all. He almost knocked him down. And for those who look, but uh, you you know, if obviously a lesser player wouldn't have probably done that. But if it's a lesser player, he'd have been benched. But you basically, if you bench the guy, you're probably not going to win the Super Bowl. So, so also for those who don't know why Kelsey got so mad on the sideline. It came on the play where Pacheco fumbled and lost the fumble. Kelsey was not in the lineup. He was not on the field for the play. And the play was to go behind the blocker, which is the tight end, Justin Watson. And he totally whiffed on it. It was horrible. And Kelsey was upset. That should have been me out there. I make that block. He doesn't fumble the ball. Emotions got the better of him, but that's why he was upset. Watson was there, screwed up the block. Pacheco fumbles the ball. And so in Kelsey's mind, I should have been in there. And if I make that block, he does not fumble that football. Kelsey apologized for that, too, after the game. And he he said how much he loved Reed. I don't think – it was just a he-the-moment deal, but he did did bump him, and I think at that moment – it was on purpose, and but there's no question those two guys love each other, respect each other. And plus, people that that has happened. They were showing stuff on ESPN this morning. That stuff happens all the time, and maybe just doesn't get as much publicity as in the Super Bowl. Bobby Knight was the worst. Plays of Keyshawn Johnson just getting into it with coaching with Parcells and. Uh, I mean, it happens all the time. Maybe not in that big a stage as the Super Bowl, but it happens more than people uh, realize. Now, you never really see it in college, but in, in pros, it does happen. All right, Marty. Uh, we've got Andy Sawyers on the Sports Huddle tomorrow, and we'll be talking Red Hawk baseball with the Red Hawk baseball coach as they uh, get set to get on a Husky bus at 7 a.m. Thursday, head down to Dallas, Texas to play uh, Dallas Baptist pitchers and catchers report tomorrow for the Cardinals. So baseball season practically, Marty, is here. It is almost here. Yeah, college, you know, everybody opens up Friday. I'm looking forward to hearing that interview tomorrow with Coach Sore. It should be a, another fun female baseball season that it always is. And uh, always a good, good opening test. Dallas Baptist always got a real good program. I think they were – a couple of years ago, they weren't quite as good. Last year, they were really good again. I, I didn't really know how many guys they got back or how they're expected to be, but they're always tough, and uh, I'm sure it'll be some good weather down there to go uh, go play baseball. It should be fun. All right, Marty, uh, college basketball, uh, the Red Hawk men and women uh, are really, really going to have to uh, play well down the stretch. Four of their final six games are on the road. If either or both of them is going to make the OVC tournament, right now it appears the odds might be stacked against both of them. Yeah, the, I'd say men have three wins. I was thinking about that. You know, they got six games left now. They haven't won a road game all year, so they're going to have to do something they haven't done. But I think if they win three of their last six, now they haven't been on a streak like that yet this year other than maybe it's the non D1s but I think three more wins would probably 
definitely get him in the tournament. Two would give him a shot, but uh, all you can do, and, and, and EIU could be one of the guys they're fighting, teams they're fighting with. They're only two games behind him, so if you win that game, that'd be big. And the women have four four wins, maybe a couple more wins get them in, but both of them will have to definitely string more wins together than they have been stringed together. The men are definitely looking like they're coming on a little. Uh, NC Tech was a great win for that great, I mean, performance. NC State, I mean, they hung in there and, and, and could have tied it there at the end. They probably wouldn't have deserved it. They trailed the whole game, and they same kind of old story. Tennessee State seemed like they ran a layup and dunk and drill. So, too many teams have ran that against SEMO this year, shooting such a high percentage. But SEMO hit a lot of threes and had three turnovers. That's kind of what – and, you know, I, Evan Ursher really, I think, stabilized that team being in the starting lineup. It was because of an injury, but – I don't think it's a coincidence that he's in the lineup and their turnovers the last two games has been by far their best two low turnover stretch of the season. He's a kind of a stable influence, and he's shooting three so well. So even if Aquan Smart is healthy again soon, I don't think you can take Ursher out of the starting lineup. Do you, Eric? Jess, I totally agree with that, man. Evan Ursher is really starting to establish himself as a Division One guy who is a starter at Division One, Remember, his very first start, Marty, several weeks ago, he didn't score a point. And his last two starts, he's hit four three-pointers in each one, and we know how good of a defensive player he is. And, well, he, and, he, and he's stable. You know, thing with, and it's not like Simo's been a high-turnover team all year, but you, your, your point guard you know, is going to have some turnovers, although Rob Martin has really done a good job handling the ball for the most part. You don't want your off guard having a lot of turnovers. You know what I'm saying? That that shouldn't be the position where you have a lot of turnovers. And Ursher seems just like such a calm kind of guy. And, I mean, we hadn't seen enough of him playing. I had no idea. Now, obviously, he's not going to be at the percentage kind of three-point shooter he showed the last two games. What What is he shooting the last two games, like 70% from three or something? But if he's even a glimmer of the kind of three-point shooter he's shown the last couple games, because this year, really, the only, you know, volume consistent three points, the only guy who takes a lot of threes who's hitting a decent percentage really has been uh, been uh, Adam Larson. And we've seen that teams have, you know, don't have to respect that many of the SEMO players on offense enough to get Larson enough open shots. You know, we've seen games where early in games, Larson might get a couple wide open threes. And once the defense adjusts, he just can't get another shot off. So, if Ursher can give you another good three-point shooter, boy, that would be huge. All right. Uh, what else, Marty? I think we covered it, man. Uh, I'm sure all the Chiefs fans are still fired up by the Super Bowl. Uh, I even watched the replay yesterday, which I, at least the last quarter in the overtime, it was so exciting. Not as nerve-wracking when you know what's going to happen. Boy, nerve-wracking <laughs> is the right word, man. Especially, I mean, if you, if you don't have a dog in the fight, it's not nerve-wracking. But if you're a fan like we are, of the Chiefs. All their playoff games seem to be nerve-wracking. Now, not the Miami game, but, I mean, everything. They never blow anybody out, but they find a way to win the game. But nerve-wracking is perfect. Marty? And to win all three Super Bowls in the last five years when you've been down by ten points, that's like, that's so, so hard to do. 
Marty, we won't be here Monday because uh, we'll be getting back uh, awfully late from Dallas, Texas. But uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk to you Tuesday or Wednesday of next week. Oh, yeah, we'll definitely get on. All right, have a good trip to Texas. All right. See ya. Marty Misha, just hello to the radiant and ravishing uh, Dawn Sean. She has a day off today. She came to the coach's show yesterday, and we went... Did a bunch of shopping. We had a great day yesterday, and uh, uh, I probably won't be in the greatest mood because I'm headed to the dentist. Got to get a couple of cavities filled mm. soon as we soon as we get out of here. Well, I had my girls in Texas, Columbia, and my boys running around here. I want to instead of reading any philosophy, I want to say something. If I can, today is Valentine's Day, and I'm going to challenge people. Valentine's Day is tomorrow. Oh, okay, tomorrow. Okay, good. It still doesn't change what I got to say. Valentine's Day, I'm going to tell you some, I'm going to challenge people to get through one day without criticizing people, without being negative, saying bad word. Valentine's Day, if you care about somebody, tell them. Also, 4th of July, I'm going to give you one word synopsis for these. 4th of July, freedom. Thanksgiving, gratitude. Christmas, honor. Veterans Day, respect. Your birthday, life. Those six things, if you could just do those six without being critical of anybody and not being negative about anything, that would be only one day in 60. But we need to start doing things like that. And we need to do them pretty quick. But anyway, I missed Valentine's Day. That shows you how much I'm in tune with everything. It's all right. It'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> no biggie. Sorry for the voice. All right. And hopefully it gets a little bit better uh, before tomorrow. If Jess? it's not, I may not be here. <laughs> Flying solo. All right, Jess, we'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Hopefully. Stay tuned. Greenies coming up. Enjoy your Tuesday.